Hello and welcome to another wonderful edition of Give Me Five, the part of the show, well the episode of the show, I, I keep forgetting to make that distinction, they used to be the same, but the episode of the show where I've got five questions for our guest, he's got five questions for me, we don't know what they are but we will answer them honestly and today's guest is none other than David Hoffman, the one, hello everybody, the rogue, yes, hello David. Now, this is your first one, and it's very exciting whenever we get a, a person new on the Gimme 5, because it always, it's usually either a hit or a miss on the first Gimme 5, and then we kind of get into a streamline of the same one, but I, I, have a, I have a feeling, I have a feeling that we're going to be doing pretty well here. I, I feel pretty proud of at least, at least two of my questions. The rest are up to you, Hoffman, but at least two of mine are like award-winning stuff, man. Okay. I'm excited. <laughs> no... Yeah, yeah, no hype, no hype. Uh, Nervous? You have my expectations very high, Phil. Oh, good, good. I just, I, it's not even for you. I just want the people listening at home to be like, to, to just have unsettling just amounts of standards. This well beyond what they should be and will be the ones to bring it to a subpar level. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. Here, let's do this. I'll start out, and then we'll, we'll ping pong back and forth, and uh, so that way we end on you, and we'll, we'll end on a good note. How's that? All right, sounds good. All right. David, I was recently out and heard one of the generic song rotations that places have as background noise, and playing in the background was Richard Marks and Donna Lewis's rendition of At the Beginning, and it immediately transported me to the time of when I was sitting in movie theaters watching Anastasia, the movie, and I remember just how much I enjoyed that song as well as others within that fantastic movie album. And it got me thinking, what is your favorite song that became popular outside of its film, a la At the Beginning, or Can't Stop the Feeling, or even, dare I say, Let It Go? Wow, that that is a tough question. Um... For some reason, you said "Let It Go." For some reason, the first thing that came to mind is um, the 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 the, um, the main theme from from Moana. Oh, is that crazy? Uh, yeah, it's wow. That the, is because um, it's not even "You're Welcome," which I would think is, uh, is no more popular. No, no, that because I heard the song um, that she sings. I can't even remember what it's called right now. The song that she exactly yeah that one, I heard that before I saw the movie, and I was like, I, I thought to myself, "What? Wow, she this sounds like uh, it's gonna be an awesome movie." Right. So I, right, I so would th- that that's the first one that came to mind because there's a lot of songs from movies that weren't actually written for those movies, so those would, that would be uh, cheating, like like every single song from Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> <laughs> which doesn't count at all i don't think yeah that is that is a uh, uh, that'd be like rocket man just any any song is an automatic disqualification right. although might i have suggested something from shrek god what a what a very great good very good point yeah <laughs> all right your turn hoffman all right so my first question is if you could be an animal for a day what would you be for a day. All right, so I, I would like to cheat because I believe I believe this particular animal lives like just over, but I would actually like to be a fly for a day. And here's why. Because they have such short lifespans, I think it would be 
fascinating to start off like born and by the end of the day you're like already an old man like just to live so you'd entire... basically you'd live an entire lifetime in one day that's that's clever yeah i i'd like to see how like i'd imagine it's it's dizzying but at least to just to just kind of get that feeling of to like after that if you go back to normal life as like as a, an old man fly, I can't imagine that you wouldn't gain something out of that. Like, I mean, you, I hear that you take LSD once and you get something out of that. I mean, anything that's like a life-changing event. So living one, living a lifetime in one day, come on, that's that's got to be like at least. I mean, I, I get it. It's a fly, and you're eating what? You're eating poop and puke and all the nasty stuff. But if you can get beyond that, what a life! What a life! That's a big <laughs> if. That's a big if. If you can get beyond that. <laughs> I don't think many people could. I, I, that's not drawing me to it, but it's certainly um, it's certainly just something that we got to overcome together, David. All right. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> All right, David. McDonald's has recently announced that they will be bringing back the polarizing McRib this December. Although I'm sure you would be utterly thrilled if a package showed up at your house on Christmas morning in the Netherlands addressed for me and contained a McRib, I just can't imagine you have ever consumed a McRib, so... In honor of the McRib, I have a game. I have compiled five following items, and it is your job to tell me if they are current McDonald's offerings in any of their worldwide restaurants, or if I made it up. You ready to go here, David? You know, I'm probably the best person to play this game with, because I I have not eaten McDonald's in, I think, over ten years, so hit me. And and you're probably the most well-traversed a uh, friend of mine. So it, it, it's like a very, it's a very big juxtaposition. But here we go. Here we go. All right. The first one, the McSushi roll. Is that a real offering that McDonald's has in any of their worldwide locations? The McSushi roll. Wow. You know, uh, you know maybe if it was just the U.S., I'd say no, but I'm going to say yes. Yes. All right. As uh, as you're christening into to, uh, one of Philip's games, you're automatically starting off wrong. I completely uh, made that up, but it's all right. It's all right. You got four darn. more to get yourself on a winning okay. on a winning record. All right, the next one, the pineapple Oreo McFlurry. Is that a is that a offering or not an offering of McDonald's? No way. There is no way. And it is actually true. You're wrong again. It's true. And if that piques your interest you or anybody I've, else listening i've never been sold. happier to be wrong i i not in the sense that i w- I'm, I'm glad it exists i'm just glad i i, I couldn't imagine it existing <laughs> and yet it is i mean it, it is what it says it is so i mean it, it's pretty standard but it is sold only in colombia colombia is the the proud owner of that that little item all right next we move on and you gotta you gotta run the table to get a winning week here. Um, the next one is the McShrimp Burger. Is the McShrimp Burger a real item for McDonald's? You, you know, it it sounds really good. I'm gonna say yes. And you're on the board. Absolutely, it is true. It's only available in a small amount of countries, though, such as Japan and Russia. The McShrimp Burger has a patty made out of shrimp, which is then breaded, and it comes with a salad and a seeded burger bun. So it's um, if if you're like a number one fan of shrimp ramen or or anything shrimp and in, in, uh, cocktails or shrimp flavored. Maybe maybe take a trip down to uh, Japan or Russia just for the. Just Can for I the just heck say? You are quite the spokesperson for Russian McDonald's. 
Oh, I will. Let me tell you that this is about the only thing Russia's got going for this and vodka. So I mean, you gotta if you can hype it up, you gotta. And just to be fair to our Russian audience members, of course. <laughs> All right, the next one. The next one, the mashed potato burger. The mashed potato burger. Is that a real item or not? No. Oh, you've guaranteed yourself a losing week here, Hoffman. It is true. As part of China's Manly Man campaign, it is served with bacon, lettuce, and a healthy dollop of mashed potato. You know, this reminds me of like a Thanksgiving sandwich where you're just kind of putting it all together. Uh, it's it, That's a personal favorite of mine, but I can't imagine a mashed potato burger. No, no. You know what? It's like a Thanksgiving side dishes burger. Because there's <laughs> there's none of the turkey or... I mean, there's bacon mixed in, I guess, but it's... No. Yeah, <laughs> I'm good. Yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah, I, I think I'd go with it, but uh, but but it would still be a hesitant. Like, it wouldn't be my number one choice. It'd just be like, okay, if it's if it's like a two-for-one special. All right, Hobman, this one's just for pride. Just for pride. You've already lost, but here we go. Finally, spinach and Parmesan nuggets. Is that true or false? So true. It's true. It is. It is. Uh, and it's uh, exactly what they sound like. And are sold in Italy, of all places. Italy is the one of uh, very, the very popular spinach and Parmesan nuggets. You know, and I don't think a single Italian has ever eaten one. <laughs> Apparently, my... they're very... I, I mean, you know, yeah, you can't judge. Maybe it's, it's gotta the Americans be the tourists, visiting Italy. Man. It's yeah, gotta it's gotta be, gotta the be tourists. The... <laughs> all right, your turn. Your, your, uh, your second question. Okay. Um, my second question is, so I'm continuing on with the same, on, along the same lines as my first question, but this time, if you had to be an animal for the rest of your life, what would you be? For the rest of my life, well, you know what, I, it's you hard You can't to... choose fly again, because then your, your life will be, what, another 24 hours, and... Yeah, it's it's one and the same. Uh, no, no, it's definitely not fly. Especially even if I could, for some reason, just live my normal life as a fly. That that's completely unappealing. Um, no, let's. It's hard for me to evade my favorite animal because I just I just so very much think so highly of them. So I'm gonna go with an otter because they have a healthy lifespan. Wow. Not not a not a terrible one, but they're they're rather intelligent animals as far as mammals go. Uh, they're sleek and agile, very, very good in water, and they both go in and out of the water. They're, they're community-based. They, uh, they, they enjoy shrimp. You know, that, that's me. That's me to yep. a T. So, so I'm, uh, I, I would go with otters and, and feel pretty confident in my, in my a, choice. That's there. a very nice choice. I, I, I think for both of my questions, I would have to answer dolphin or orca. I'm, mm. I'm okay either one. Um, I think... I think maybe for a day I'd be a dolphin. For the, like my whole life, I'd be an orca. You know, orcas live also very healthy lifespan. I think like wild orcas can live up to a hundred years. And I, I would have a problem being prey. I think I I need to be a predator. <laughs> I do not want to be prey for the rest of my life. Oh my gosh! Yeah, the person who picks like a zebra or a gazelle is just is <laughs> just one, you're one for broken. It. Yeah, you're one broken toe away from being somebody else's dinner you know exactly uh, all right uh david right now we are recording on the eve of election day here in the u.s and there's a bit of controversy surrounding the method that lady gaga used to endorse joe biden's bid for presidency 
Uh, I ask you this, David. If you were running for presidency, logistics of that be damned because you weren't born in the USA, uh, and you could guarantee one endorsement from any one person or company, is there one that stands above the rest to you or like one you would choose that actually guarantees voters? Beer. I think most beer brands would guarantee a, a fair, a fair few voters. Um, yeah, yeah I, I would. I would be very glad to have uh, any small or large beer company. I'm a lover of beer, so any small or large beer company, an endorsement from them would be uh, would be a delight. I think would be a delight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's an interesting method, but I, I like I like the route you took. All right, your turn. All right. I want you to think back. This one's, uh, it's sports, but it's not really specific. I want you to think back. What was, and can you describe, the first ever live experience you had of pro sport? Pro sport? Um, pro sport would probably, oddly enough, I, yeah, because it's pro sport. My my first uh, pro sport was uh, going to uh, San Diego at the time. That they were the San Diego Chargers, and ironically, they were ho they through the biggest coincidence of all time. Uh, they were playing the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, uh, Cardinals uh, at the same time I was vacationing. Me and my family were vacationing in San Diego at a completely unrelated note. And so I begged my parents to, to take me. My mom, of course, did not want to go. And then we went to, uh, my, my, my dad took me to Qualcomm Stadium at the time, a, a complete dumpster fire of a stadium. They have since relocated because of just how terrible that stadium is. But uh, it, it, it was completely just one of the... the <laughs> it was both very cool... Um, I'm not a personal fan of the Arizona Cardinals, so I mean, it, it's not like I held any real, you know, home or uh, honorage to the team that, that stuck with me through the entirety of the game. It was a, it was a bit of a blowout, but it was cool. Um, it was noteworthy for me. And, uh, I distinctly remember being on like, just like the absolute top. If ever you saw a camera shot of a full Qualcomm stadium, weird as that may be. And like up near there were like five flags. I swear, I swear to God, me and my my dad, in order to gain admission, we had to hold one of the flags. It was so far up that we were. Um, and and God bless this guy. Uh, I was thirsty, and so my dad flagged down, <laughs> all pun intended, flagged down one of the lemonade <laughs> vendors. And this poor guy, like he's normally like cruising down there, like twenty flights down below us. And he just, he worked that Stairmaster. He, like, made it all the way up to us. We got, like, one lemonade between us. And by the time we got it, it was half water, half lemonade. It was just incredibly just unsatisfying. It was, for as unsatisfying an experience as it, it seems to me now, I really did enjoy it at the time. So that that would be my first one. Um, but, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Uh, how, how old were you at the time? Oh, I was in my teens. I want to say I was, like, 14, 15. Okay, okay, because I, I was gonna say if you were if you had been younger, then it would surprise me if you didn't adopt one of those teams as a, a team that you you know you support. You often hear stories people go and see a team that you know that's not from their city, but it's the first ever team they got to see live, and and you know because they're so young, that's their team from that point on. I was blessed with uh, a family that neither cares about sports nor endorses many sports teams. So I kind of got my pick of the litter. And uh, even by that point in time, I had already 
uh, joined the Bronco Nation Club, and, and I stand proudly a, a part of that nation. So um, we stand. All right, right now, uh, Vla- or excuse me, uh, Vladimir Maragov, Maragov, I, I excuse my pronunciation of speaking of Russia, and his partner were in an outdoor sauna cabin, David, when they were attacked reportedly by two masked assailants. The woman managed to escape through the window and call the police. Uh, detectives found the body of Mr. Maragov, who owned some of Russia's largest meat processing plants, in the sauna with a crossbow next to the body. Uh, police have detained a male suspect in connection with the murder. The suspect has not been named. And now, while myself and the show send our condolences to the Maragov family, the reason why I bring this up is that the man's nickname was the Sausage King. Which I can honestly say is one of the last nicknames I would ever actually choose for myself. So I ask you, David, what is the worst nickname you have ever had or known someone to have and hail fellow well met to the Sausage King? Uh, kind of along the, the same lines. I So when, when I was in, I think, my junior year of high school, uh, I think it was economics class, I, I would crack really sarcastic, dry jokes. And my name is David, which starts with a D. And my friends, every time I made a joke, would say, the D strikes again. And so they started calling me the D, which uh, more colloquially is a, is a term for uh, male genitalia. And uh, I, for some reason, my, my teenage really dumb mind decided to use that nickname in my campaign slogans for for student body president oh. um the d it is really was silent. a poor choice <laughs> uh, no i'm not even gonna say any of them but, <laughs> but it never occurred to me that that i was making a giant a giant um euphemism yeah of this at school you know with teachers and everything so so um wow that was poor decision making it was funny everyone enjoyed it surprised i didn't win to be honest if donald trump can win an election on his uh on on his campaign um i should have been able to win with a with with a giant euphemism but um well i'm sure those campaign buttons will come back to haunt you someday perhaps Perhaps when this, when this, when I become famous from being on this podcast, perhaps. Yes, yes, yes. Your turn. <sighs> okay, so you've got a hot date coming over for dinner. Ooh. Um, what would you be cooking for this hot date? So I think it depends on one very, very important thing that needs to be established beforehand. Are they vegetarian slash vegan slash gluten-free there's actually a lot of of qualities to be had but let's assume that none of that is in none of the above yeah let's let's assume that none of that is in play i think what i'm cooking is actually is um is uh, this uh, uh uh kebab dinner that i i um my family kind of found out we have this uh, kiabaska uh mix that they just told me it, it's very it's it's fairly simple you just like you just cut up kielbasa you put it in a, in a stir fry pan uh, along with cooked noodles of some sort and uh like california style veggies and 
you kind of just have it all like kind of stir fried and, and seared and it's very simple but it actually altogether blends rather well as a as a as an altogether dish um and i realize some people might just think that that's absolutely uh disgusting i myself um just feign ignorance when it comes to uh dinner making and choices because I'm, I'm i'm very much a man who lived his life quite content eating grilled cheese and macaroni and cheese for dinner but um i realized that something else has to give with that but i i appreciate your question especially having been pleasured myself to uh, a dinner made by your hands that is actually quite quite nice i uh i i can appreciate the question coming from a from a master chef such as yourself <laughs> this comes from growing up with an italian mother i yes, suppose yes yes uh, David, I recently was gifted a new iPad, and I swear I have never felt more like I'm in an episode of Pawn Stars where I had to research the various make and models of iPads, research, researching uh, secondhand iPad covers to ensure that the $5 case I buy from Rhonda in Mesa actually fits my iPad, and it's been one of the biggest wastes of time I have been a part of uh, recently. Uh, what is a random category or subject you feel like you are something of an expert within that field that people might not suspect of? Oh, um, random category or subject. I thought of one that off that the cup that surprised me when I first found out, but I, I didn't know if you had others that just uh, ring to your mind. Well, I. I, a lot of people who, who know me don't know that I, that I, I actually have my, my first degree was in mechanical engineering. So I'm actually very good at math, despite being my primary profession is acting and filmmaking. But yeah, I'm very good at mathematics and physics and, and, and yeah, I have a degree in engineering. So I suppose that, that would be the big, big one. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was the one that I was thinking of. I got it. It's. It's tremendous to see the way that you work angles and mathematics because I, I we had an we had an epic uh, hide and go seek game going and the the way that you manipulated your body and the angles and everything that that's a story for another day but truly uh, a hide and seek king never has found itself a crown such as you yourself sir. <laughs> well, thank you. Okay, so um, unfortunately, Halloween was all but canceled this past year. Um, I was actually surprised when I, when I f first moved to the United States, I, like I, I didn't understand the hype around Halloween. Like it's always been a, a, a holiday that I've celebrated, but I never understood this, like how mm. it could be anyone's favorite holiday. But anyway, it I is a beloved friend. holiday in the United States. And unfortunately for the most part was canceled. Um, should have been canceled. You know, a lot of people uh, still went to parties, but... What would your Halloween plans have been? Uh, and your costume, if any. Um, what would they have been if there were no pandemic? Let me explain something to you, David. The one word that describes exactly why Americans are so obsessed with Halloween. It's one word. You ready for it? Slutty. And I, I mean it because it says that one word makes anything a costume. I swear to God, you can make slutty uh, uh, pumpkin. There's a slutty Snoopy. There's a there's a freaking slutty toy to toilet paper this year with the uh, with how the pandemic ra ravaged our uh, our national supply of toilet paper. It seemed there's just there's a slutty excuse for everything. And I, I I'm not even 
here to slut shame. That's not my place and it's not what I'm going for. I'm simply saying men are into it. A fair amount of women uh, and men actually are, are, are a part of it and wish to continue that process and that tradition year round. Amen to all of them, I say. Amen. And uh, It is the and- greatest part of Halloween. I, I, I think I went as my first year in the U.S. I went as a, as a sexy fireman. Yes, yes. Sexy would be the the other word other than slutty. So I I, I appreciate your your add in there. Uh, but what would my plans have been? Honestly, my plans, who uh, they probably would have been to tag along to. Uh, <laughs> I yeah, I probably would have tagged along to a, a party of uh, of my best friend uh, David, a mutual friend of ours, David Sampson. I probably would have tagged along to a party of his that he would have invited me to, full of. Uh, uh, graduates of your of your uh, college and school, and I probably would have gone as something low key of a witty costume that people would have said, "Oh, what are you?" And I would have said, "Do you want it? You have a guess?" And then they guess, and then I tell you, "No, I'm a pig in a blanket." And then they're like, "Oh," and then everybody hates me because I'm a guy with a pink nose. So. Because no one appreciates wit. I, I, amen. If our if our Jackbox games with our group of friends has proven nothing, nobody appreciates wit. Amen, my friend. Amen. Yeah. All right, bring us you home, know, David. I, I I well that that was that was it. Um, I wonder. I just have a, one last question. Do you think it would be possible to go to Halloween as slutty Mike Pence? Oh oh, definitely. So what would you that do be is dangerous? You... Oh no 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 no! It's so easy. So you have you have Mike Pence. You have some you know somebody dressed up as Mike Pence, and then there's a somebody dressed up as a slutty fly, and they're just on <laughs> Mike Pence a, all a, night. A great couple's costume. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And 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 anytime he looks at her, you can say mother. You know. And, and <laughs> All right, that's oh, about dear. as political as we get around here, and uh, that's as as far as we go. But. Thank you so much, Hoffman. We've got to have you on on more episodes. And I think, as a matter of fact, we will. Where we, our next episode, I believe we're looking at, is uh, is Aaron Sorkin's latest Netflix film. Neural only Netflix film, but his latest film, uh, The Trial of the Chicago 7, as a matter of fact. And so I'm looking forward to it. I don't know if you've seen it yet. I'm, I'm looking forward to watching it. Not yet. Watching nope. It. Yeah, so... Uh, stay, stay, uh, tuned in to our, uh, podcast streaming options as, uh, so that way you can get a, a closer look at that. And, uh, thank you all for listening to this episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you found a little something to cook for dinner. And, uh, for, <laughs> <laughs> for David Hoffman, give him that underscore one more time. Okay. On Instagram, David Hoffman, Hoffman spelled with two F's and two N's. David Hoffman underscore actor. Say it with me, buddy. Double the F, double the N. That's got to become your double thing. Double the F, double the N. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. There we go. All right. I'm Philip Amrine. Thank you so much for listening. And a sincere thank you. Until next episode. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>